welcome to the Mouthpiece Wrestling Podcast. Once again, with your boy, Davy Lips, and as always, my man, Gio. Hey, man. Yeah, fresh off my third bout of COVID, I'd like to introduce the uh, inter- co-host, Damo. Third, listen, Damo hasn't had it once. You're just being a bit greedy, <laughs> yeah? Do you know what I mean? Literally. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah? I've only had it once. Everything I do, <laughs> I just don't get it. Exactly. I've seen this man get date raped in Blake Blackpool. <laughs> he literally got stabbed. Man didn't still get COVID. He actually slept in a room where somebody had it and didn't get it. So, yeah, amazing. He's just a so, Yeah. Four festivals. Yeah. And then Geo oh, just drives to Florida. Bam, fucked. <laughs> It was the convention. A lot of people got sick at the convention. Oh, really? Just ripped through the convention. But uh, long story short, two weeks ago when we did the podcast, I was like laying on the couch. I wasn't feeling my best. I didn't think anything of it. And then that Friday I went to fly home. Or that Saturday I was going to fly home. And I woke up Friday. And the missus was like, hey, I tested positive. And I said, oh, fuck. Because I knew that I was going to test positive that night. Hey, at least though, you've got your pec muscles still on your bone. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm back in New York. I've tested negative. Going with this fucking cough. It's horrible. If you've tested negative, why are you still complaining? Man, it's still going on. <laughs> Wasted the first two minutes of the pod for no, no, not even a sub story. <laughs> I agree Demo is indeed the intern host. Okay. Wrestling. I think we'll start with the injuries because it's a little bit mental in wrestling right now. Everyone's broken. Uh, we'll start with Punk. Um, <laughs> has it actually said what he's broken? Like what is actually broken? Like what is actually I'm so glad him? someone else raised this question because like... Because he's having surgery on his foot. It. Is that right? It's his foot. I think it's foot slash ankle, but I, right. I'm not sure what the yeah, injury is. He did it when he was like so. People are saying that he did it when he was celebrating in the crowd and he jumped weird. Because they haven't even said like a time frame. Just you know, he's he's interim, which we'll get to interim nonsense. Uh, but yeah, they haven't even really said how long he's out for. So he's gonna have surgery. Um. On the foot, it's believed that the surgery is the only option and that the injury is unlikely to heal properly if he doesn't have the surgery. So I'm guessing, again, end of year, November to January-esque, you know, any kind of surgery. Yeah. Um, on AEW, Brian Danielson's got a concussion, which scares me for him with his history. I don't like hearing that he's getting concussions. Um, you know, he's got, got passed with those. Needs to be careful. Um, and they and Adam Cole was also pulled because he's just basically banged up, is what the words were. No major injury, just a beat bit up, beat a bit beat up. Big losses for AEW. Who do you think yeah. steps up? I mean, because obviously it's John Moxley versus someone. What do you think? And what do you feel of the interim champ? So the interim thing is so stupid. This isn't UFC. It's not boxing. I, I don't get it. So, for me, it's it's bullshit. Um, 
no two ways about it. It's bullshit. It's like they're scared to have no champion. Yeah. Like, you don't... You're not going to have no champion for long. They they vacate the title. They they take it off Punk, and it's listed as vacant. It's for, what, three weeks until the pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. No June one's going to look 26th, back. June it, Forbidden Door? No one's going to look back in even six months. I was going to say a year, but I'll go six months. No one's going to look back in six months and think, fucking hell, they had three weeks where they didn't have a champion. Oh, that was a dark time in their history. Yeah. yeah. But it's pointless. And it feels like it's just rinse and repeat because it's, what, two, a month, two months since we just had the last interim champion, which was for the TNT title. Like, they're just doing the same story again. And then yeah. Punk's going to come back and he's going, oh, I'm the champion. And the, it, they've then created the storyline that WWE pulled when Punk took his ball and went home and his contract supposedly ended and he won it at Money in the Bank. Like, no, yeah. fuck off. Do something yeah. fresh. Have, a vi- have it vacant for three weeks. Have John Moxley versus Tanahashi. I, I, which brings me to the next bit. I don't understand why t- tomorrow night they're having a battle royale for the top superstars to compete for the opportunity to face John Moxley, who is the top number one ranked superstar behind CM Punk, who is now injured. Well, just have John Moxley. Just decide John Moxley is the head of the line. Tanahashi is head of the line from New Japan. John Moxley's winning the fucking belt against Tanahashi anyway, so don't even fucking bother. Just give John Moxley the title. Fuck it. Because it's just a waste of time. I don't see any any possibility where John Moxley doesn't face Tanahashi at uh, Forbidden Door because they've already got history. We already know that they've both been pestering for this singles match for a long time. And there is no way in hell AEW are going to let a New Japan wrestler walk out of their joint pay-per-view with their belt. They can talk about these handshakes and these partnerships all they want. No chance does a New Japan wrestler take their title. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, everyone, you know, Punk versus Moxley later on is amazing. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't see the time wasting. Like, we want to see Moxley Punk. I do. Do you know what I mean? I do want to see it. I want to see it in AEW where, you know, they've got a little bit more freedom to put on the kind of match that they want, especially with the way Moxley's been. Fantastic. I'm all about it. So, I, yeah, for me, I would have just stripped Punk, give it to Moxley, story tells itself later, and you've got a really yeah. good champ. Yeah, you know? so I've got the power rankings now in front of yeah, me. Yeah, go on. So, obviously, champions are Punk and Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. The top five, Moxley, number one, smashing, sorted. Perfectly positioned for it. Wardlow, too soon. I'd, it wouldn't make sense for him to have him win it, so I don't care. Page just lost it. Done. Get him out. Cole, injured. Boom. Get him out. Jay Lethal is number five. Jay Lethal, who has appeared on TV, what, twice since signing for them? He's got his ranking victories on the, all the other dark Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. The ranking system, just get, just have John Moxley just announce him as the normal contender. Uh, but who do you think they'll get him to face? Well, this is the thing. Like, Are is it going to be put... Jay Lethal because he's in that position? Because they're not going to do it with Wardlow because it just would not make sense for but Wardlow. But then is, Wardlow Moxley. has to be in a battle royale. Is that going to hinder him a bit that he's not going to win the battle royale? I, I think just keep him out of the battle royale. Have him do something else. He would make sense for me to go up against Scorpio Sky and take the title off of Scorpio Sky. Yeah, perfect. Mid card him because he's. I'm not saying that he's not ready for a push, but 
you've got to mid-card him, make him have a run with that, make him legitimise himself with that title, and then either he loses it later down the line or he just goes, you know what, I've had this for so long, uh, let's do a, an impact-style storyline where we say, I'll cash my title in for a shot at Punk or Moxley in the future. Mm. But the Battle Royale is going to be filled with your sort of guys that you want to do something, your Andrade's, your... I, I can't think of any solid examples of singles wrestlers anymore. And then it's going to be filled with people like Colt Cabana and Colin Gunn and, you know, the the, the piss hey, that they roll out. You diss the ass, boys. No, it's just they are the piss that you roll out when you want to make someone look powerful. Yes, they are. And they sell quite well. They sell like, yeah. really, to be fair. I'm all yeah. about it. But yeah, Lance I think Arch I think it's very obvious that it's going to be Moxley because it's just a safe pair of hands and Moxley Punk later is, yeah, all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, it yeah. just feels like a waste when I think we know what's going on. They're not going to pull a big surprise and put it on a Wardlow or a Jay Lethal. Yeah, when you look at that, them rankings, there isn't anyone there but Moxley that they'd even have the balls to do it. No. You know? You take two dream matches in one by just saying, right, we're going to do Moxley versus Tanahashi, then the winner versus Punk. Because mm. either way, Moxley versus Punk, amazing. Tanahashi versus Punk, amazing. Let's just let's just go with it and let's stop with the nonsense. Yeah, I thought top five. Moxley, Wardlow, Page, Cole, and... Yeah, they're not going to put that on anyone but Moxley. It may boil down that it's Moxley versus Lethal anyway. And fair play because it'll still be a great match, but I'm just yeah, like, yeah, why nah. not? Yeah, Jay Lethal could handle that and at least give a thought that maybe someone else could. Yeah. Um. Then obviously the other side injuries. Cody Rhodes. Um. There is no, oh. there is no peck on his on his bone at all, which is why. Oh. So first of all, I want to all the people that I've watched on Twitch and on Twitter. Saying how stupid of Cody Rhodes and how this and how do they clear him and da 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 da. If it's already ripped off your bone, there is no more damage you can do. So really... if you manage yourself through a match, probably some painkillers, working with someone like Seth, yeah, okay, it's still a risk. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't going to do any more damage. There's nothing worse he could do. It's already gone, you know. So calm down out there. He knew what he was doing. Plus, it's Cody. Of course he was going to do like his big thing he's done the last couple of years. his big thing was he was main eventing that show people had bought tickets to see Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins tear the house down in Hell in a Cell there was no universal champion there was no unified tag team champions there was no intercontinental champion the show was on Cody Rhodes there was no way in hell on Saturday 24 hours before that pay-per-view fired up that he was going to go yeah I can't do it once he'd be, once he'd spoken to that doctor who had said, to be fair, it's no longer you can't injure it any further. It's it's already at the point of messed up. If you do it, it's on you, you know. And WWE had got confirmation that they couldn't do any more lasting damage to himself. Yeah, he was never going to pull out of that match. Yeah, no, and you know, I know they're all saying, oh, "I'd be like six months." I think, yeah, I think the Rumble. You know I mean, maybe before, if he like works really hard. I mean, we've seen people come back super quick. I mean, that bruise looked pretty fucking serious. Yeah, you know I mean, like when he took his jacket off, you're like, 
Oh, Lord. Now, I have to give props. For him to have that injury, the match that him and Seth put on, five-star. Yep. One of the best matches I've watched in a long time. Like, for me, just amazing. Like, and I don't even think just because of the injury, just like their match was great, you know? Mm. Um, think he comes back and wins the Rumble? Yes. Yes. Because I, I think was, was thinking he, maybe he was supposed to win but money. We have to the assume, like, the minute Roman's got both belts, like, unless Drew is taking one at the, London, the British event, which I'm surprised they're feeding Drew to that because I think. British crowd will cheer Roman more. I really do. Yeah. Uh, you know what Brits are like when they're here? We just don't care. Like, we're crazy fans. You know? Um, in his promo at the opening of Raw, Cody said he hinted at being in Money in the Bank and cashing in to take the Universal Championships. He hinted at taking both. So it looks like they're going to just keep the Mars one prize. Yeah. Um I'm guessing he's facing the... the Rock at WrestleMania. Like we know that's happening. Like the Rock come out and it's like got nothing planned for next year. There's no movies, no nothing. Clearly, he's wrestling. You know what I mean? So, is it not for the title then? Do you think they don't I... need it? So I think they could do something down the line where the Money in the Bank winner does a cash in on Roman when he's been through a hell of a match. And that way, Roman doesn't look weak losing because Roman versus The Rock needs no title. That's literally it really doesn't, head of the table if, versus head if, of the table. If it's Roman versus Rock, what are you going to do? Rock wins the title? He's not going to stay around. Rock, Roman I don't think Rock beats Roman. I don't think Rock beats Roman anyway. I think that is the final ultimate passing of the torch. Oh, it definitely is. Roman just... becomes the wind down. It doesn't need a belt to do it. No, no, absolutely not. But if he's not wrestling, if he's not got any movies planned for the year, does he not stick around maybe a little bit? Make it fun? Put some doubt? If he's not doing anything for the whole year, if he's got no movies planned next year, maybe he does have one last run. Maybe that's how Rock goes. Mm. You know, he's got nothing planned, he said. See, I'm thinking the plan was Cody was going to win money in the bank cash it in and do that, but now that he's hurt, I'm thinking they're just going to push that off and have him win the Rumble instead. Um, well, that's as we've spoke about Cody and, and that, this, we may as well have a touch on Hell in a Cell. Um, I thought it was great, actually. I actually thought it was really good. Um, the women's match at the beginning was was awesome. I, I, I'm not a big Bel Air fan, and I know, Damo, you're not. But, yeah, I think she hung, she hung with them three, with them two quite well. <laughs> I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Um, I, one, of, one of the I, better ones, I, I think. The ending was something that was wrong with it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Bore, she just bores me. Like, okay, she, it was a good, she put on a good match. I'll give it that. You know what? I'm going to take my hat off. I'm going to give her props for the first time in the history of podcasts. You might want to press record, screen record this, if you, whatever it is. <laughs> she put on a good match. It was probably the best match I've seen from her outside of NXT. But, because yeah. I NXT Bianca, I was behind. I appreciated NXT Bianca. And maybe it was because Shayna took her to another level because them two had some bangers of a match. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, Helena Sell was her best performance. However, still think she's a weak champion. She's just not. I, I don't find her engaging when she's on the microphone. I just she's just every every promo is the same. It's copy and paste. There's no life to her. And it's a shame because like she showed that she can hang with you know Becky Lynch, Oscar, been there, seen it, done it. And as I say, the match itself, if you take all that other stuff away, was was really good. You know, yeah, for a yeah. triple threat match. But yeah, as you say, it's just all the other stuff, you know, a bit meh. Um, MVP Omos versus Bobby Lashley. Psh, it was a raw match. Didn't need to be there. Hopefully that's all over now. Like, move Bobby Lashley on from this nonsense, please. Um, yeah, just move him on. Don't need it. Same with, as much as Kevin Owens and Ezekiel has been fun promos. Um, all right, stop. <laughs> Hear me out. Go on. This this feud needs to go one more month and it needs to end with an I quit match. But instead of saying I quit, you either have to say I am Ezekiel or no, you have to either say I'm Elias or Owens has to say you are Ezekiel. <laughs> Great gimmick. You know what? You know what, Gio? I don't hate that. I don't hate that. <laughs> I read that somewhere and I popped and said, that is an amazing idea. I don't hate that. But this match shouldn't have been on Hell in a Cell. It was again, like you say, it was just a, a raw and match. I don't think Owens needed the win. I think Ezekiel Elias, it it took a lot of way of his momentum, and I think he's actually been wrestling really well. And again, he's been having a lot better matches. And I think the match with Kevin Owens was one of his best since he come back. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I don't think Owens. It doesn't. It didn't help Owens prove he was Elias. And it, it took away his momentum, you know? Yeah. See, I thought Ezekiel was going to win. I thought they were going to play like a video of Elias on the big screen or something. Be like, hey, Kevin Owens, I'm over here, you big dum-dum. I'm not Ezekiel. And then have Ezekiel like roll him up or something. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I would have had Ezekiel win. They could have even done a roll-up or some nonsense. But I just think the wrong person won because Owens... What did it prove like, Owens winning? You know, it didn't say oh, Owens is one that guy's Elias, you know? It yeah. would have been the perfect ending to it. You get uh, you get Elias on the big screen. He strums his guitar and he says, Hey, stupid, I'm over here. I'm not Ezekiel. But yeah, again, could have been a raw match. Didn't need it a hell of a cell. But it was Ezekiel Elias's probably his best match since he's returned for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judgment Day versus uh, Liv, Styles, and Finn. Obviously, a lot of that has come to a head on Raw, mainly, I think, because of Cody's injury. Um, yeah, I, it was it was a good enough match. And I think the Cody injury, because obviously it's been decided that Edge is going to be the baby face to cover that gap, which I understand. Um, Just as long as you don't give him the money in the bank. Edge has won that enough. He doesn't need that ever. It's not like it's something left for Edge to do, is it? You know? Mm. Like, Edge is what, one, two? Yeah. Because he took Mr. Kennedy's, didn't he? Yeah. He was the man that took it off Kennedy in that match, and he won one himself. I'm pretty sure. Is it two? Yeah. Or three? They um, fucked up and thought Kennedy had a back injury, but it turns out he just had, like, a real... He just had a sore back or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So they took the case off him, but he was actually fine. And then Orton decided he didn't like him. So, by Mr. Kennedy. Um, Good enough. It was good that they've ended the feud. Um, as Judgment Day, yeah, need to do something else, and pretty much what happened from, you know, yeah. 
moved on. And then obviously last night they all Finn Balor turned out to be the new leader, which I and Edge obviously got chair-toed by Priest. I actually think that's good. I actually think that's good. Yeah, I that's really a loop. Yeah. I thought Finn was just going to join, but to have them turn on Edge, I think maybe when you first watch it, I think you said earlier, didn't you, David? When you first watch it, you think, oh, fuck. Because the Styles Balor thing could have been fun, but I yeah. think this is great for Finn. How are you just, feeling about it now? Like the, the I said watching the Discord, bro. I was like, Balor's going to turn on him. And Demo was like, nah, it ain't happening. I was right, technically. Um, <laughs> it's, it's still still not ideal, but I can see, I think it's a better direction. So one big, one big thing for me was I felt, and I think Gio will have probably heard me say this, I don't think Edge needed to be the one getting the pin at yeah. Hell in a Cell. Like, the group was all about, like, bringing these two forward, giving Priest and Rhea the spotlight to help elevate their careers. And then Edge got the win. I mean, that's the only thing that doesn't make sense about this is they're like, we're getting rid of the weakness. And that's you, Edge. Yeah. But so he picked the one who's got all the pins. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like he picked up a big win. Your new leader, how is he the weakness? Yes, well that's the thing. Their new leader is the man who was pinned at the pay per view, and I'm like, whilst yes, I'm 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 now more for Finn in that role with them because I think the three of them can do some really good work. They got rid of the weakness by replacing him with the man that he pinned the night before. Like logic yes, tells me that they've just brought in a weakness. <laughs> I think it'll be. I think Judgment Day will still be good, and you know Edge can cover the babyface role and turn heel again. Like Edge can flip flop between those with no drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no drama for Edge. Um, so I think it all makes sense. Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, Happy Corman versus Madcap Moss. We'll admit, I like what they're trying to do with Moss. I just don't know if he's ever going to be good enough. I feel like the character is decent now. Like this little tweak that they've made to his character. Um, yeah, I think it fits him. I just don't know if he's ever going to be good enough. Um, there, I don't think there's more, than... more. Yeah, there's not any more that WWE could give him. I just don't yeah. know if he's got it in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming Happy Corbin will be off for a bit as well. I mean, I haven't couldn't tell you the last time Corbin actually had some time off. To be fair, um, but we'll see. I mean, Moss looked good. It looks like you can take him a little bit more serious. Now um, does he come? Does he come back as Baron Corbin? Maybe, hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, and now it'd be interesting to see what Moss does next with this sort of new character, new look, you know, new yeah. attitude. Now it's, that this Corbin feud's done, be interesting to see what's next. It's, it's for me. It's a question of where's the spot for him because he's not main event. He's not going after Roman. We know that Ricochet and Walter are in a program. Yeah, would Moss be, would Moss be someone you'd question it? and say, could he go in there? Well, Xavier Woods has said he wants in to the Intercontinental title scene. Kofi wants in. There's a whole line of people who are better suited. So is he just going to flip-flop around in that sort of mid midland that doesn't make sense? Yeah, exactly. And Which is also... why, like, and as I say, like, I don't think they could make him look any better than he is. Yeah. But how? And, where? Where is his ceiling? Where's Moss's ceiling? That is unknown. You know. 
Is he my ever going to be main event? Can't see it. My last point also brings me to my confusion around Hell in a Cell. Like, no disrespect to Corbin and Moss and that rivalry. Why was that the only match from SmackDown? Yeah, I know. Like, we've got, we, they've been doing a thing between Ricochet and Walter mm. slash Gunter, sorry, for the Intercontinental title, which is happening on Friday. Mm. Why, why wasn't that on the pay per view? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Moss, Mad, Madcaps, Moss, whatever the, his name is now, versus Corbin shouldn't have been there. But as the, the only SmackDown, what was the point? The Intercontinental title, surely, like, I can't When was the last time that was defended? Uh, I paid for you to take out. It was WrestleMania. Was it? No, he wasn't on WrestleMania. No, he wasn't. wasn't it? No, he it wasn't. was the. It was the SmackDown before Mania. Yeah, against uh, Carrillo and Gaza. That triple threat. I think that's the yeah. last time he defended it, which is a long time ago. Like, it, 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 it just don't, it's not a pay per view anymore. Like that was that's arguably one of the most prestigious titles. In wrestling history. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I love the Intercontinental title. The white strap as well. I love it. I'm a big fan. Always have been. Um, and it just is an afterthought. It's, I, I think yeah. they've defended the women's tag titles more than the Intercontinental title. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it, it's the same with the unification match. Why couldn't they have done the unification match at the pay-per-view? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that tag would have been great. But yeah, it's some strange... Strange so, builds and strange matches. I do. I will agree to that. This is the this is Ricochet's reign. So he's defended. His last defense was on the twenty second of April against Shanky at a TV show. So that was SmackDown. Oh, that's my. The week before that was Jinder on SmackDown. My... Two weeks before that, it was on WrestleMania SmackDown. Wow. So he hasn't defended. Three weeks since before that. Before. Three weeks before that, it was on SmackDown where he beat Sami Zayn. Um, so it hasn't been defended okay. since end of April. So all of May and now beginning of June. Yep. Um, I'm looking to see when the last pay-per-view was. And Sami Zayn won it, no? Right. So here we go. The last intercontinental title match on pay-per-view yep. was WrestleMania 37. Wow. At, which was the Nigerian drum fight between Cruz and Big E when Cruz won it. Wow, that's over a year. That's, that's looking the, at that's them. disgusting. Looking at this here, yeah. Oh, sorry, elimination chamber. Oh, there you go. Oh no, I've gone back another year. I've gone wrong way. I've gone <laughs> wrong way. That's disgusting. Crazy. But one title that was defended was the US title, Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. No big surprises. They're never gonna let the hometown guy win. Big special entrance, and you get you get, you get beat in your hometown. You're not going to get the feel-good moment. They are not going to get the big hometown title feel-good moment. Uh, they don't give fans that kind of moment, especially when Ali is probably still receiving some punishment. Will lie. Um, it was just too obvious for me to enjoy this match. It was just too it, obvious. It's yeah. a shame because on, the, on paper, should be a banger, but you Both knew what was going to happen. Incredibly talented guys. Yeah, and but. it was... yeah. Yeah. It was um, Ali's hometown. He's receiving punishment. Man's, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly. Might want to hide it a bit better that you're punishing the guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the Cody Rhodes-Seth Rollins match, which... Phew, yeah, man. Cody was fighting with one arm. Um, 
Not sure that Cody needed the win, but after the Raw, I kind of get what they did, you know? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Right, big news. Obviously, MJF. This is the big uh, the big news. What is happening? <laughs> Gio, what do you think? I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what... Come on, Gio, what do you think's happening? Talk to me. Um, that promo was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you think that... it was all at work, or do you think because he started with like the hating the fans doing this? Do you think he went off script? I think he did because it's... there's no way they were gonna allow him to utter the word fucking Mark at the end of it. I mean, it was the fucking mark that made me stop and go, oh, wait. So, like, everywhere I'm reading, it's like, oh, AEW's going all in on the MJF storyline. I, my opinion is that this is a combination of real life and storyline. They're trying to make the most of it by trying to adapt it to suit both of their narratives as opposed to it just being about MJF getting what he wants. They're trying to make it so they get what they want out of this now anyway because it sort of feels to me like bridges are burnt there's no that i mean from my opinion there's no way back i'd be very shocked if there is and you know what i'll hold my hands up and say i was wrong but it feels like aw are like right we need to get what we can out of this so that we don't look like dickheads yeah right because i don't know yeah i don't know I, I, I can't tell. I think, as you say, I think there's something there because, like, he did obviously do the no-show. The no-show is a massive no-no in wrestling. Like, you know, Jim Cornette must have been going nuts. <laughs> um, like, he was nowhere to be shown throughout the Double or Nothing weekend. Literally just showed up to the pay-per-view apparently last minute and got squashed. Um, the promo was at the half hour, not in the primetime spot for ratings. Like, for me, the timing of the promo meant i don't know that it, what they weren't expecting it to be as as much of a banger um you know there was also apparently the discovery execs were backstage at dynamite i mean would they really have allowed man to fire off f-bombs in front of the discovery execs not too sure um there was not selling of any injuries from the wardlow match because he got carried out on a stretcher you know and AEW said nothing about his promo they've not acknowledged it in any way shape or form yeah. Not only did he get carried out by a stretcher, but they put the thing on his eyeballs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, MJF even having an open mic means that Tony Khan knew what was going to happen. I think. Maybe not to the level, but he knew. I mean, they could have agreed to, to more money, work the shoot angle, boost ratings, get it. And it's wrestling, isn't it? Everything's fake so, until, you know? AEW. Tony Khan and the AW fan base love the numbers. That's what they always, everything is the numbers, the numbers, numbers. Not quality of product, second, sort of, they'll get it by as long as the numbers are right. So that's all. Look at what we did on TV ranking. Look what, of course, they were going to give man an open mic. Of course, they were, after all that had happened at the weekend, of course, they were going to like, people are going to tune in and listen to this man speak. They took a risk knowing that people would watch it. And I'd hazard a guess that it's one of the most watched segments in AEW in the last 12 months, if not all time. I just, I don't know. It's tough. I like, I think they've obviously come to an agreement where he can bounce 
later on. You know? Let's work it, get the ratings, and we'll let you walk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. Because, I mean, his promo, though, was something else. Yes. Something else. I have to say, I am all about that life. <laughs> um, yeah. Can't, can't get enough. Right, Gio. You know you're sitting there quiet. You've still got a pay-per-view that you watched. Uh, did I? Yeah. Ugh. I think you actually tagged us on Twitter, calling us names. Uh, I think it was I, a bit disgusting. Oh, like that yeah. happened. Yeah. Good. Uh, before we get to that, actually, John Cena's upcoming Raw return. He's back on the 27th? Yeah. Yeah. John Cena there. Think he just does stuff with Theory, or do you think he's back for like a SummerSlam match? I think it's Summer just a one-off. With theory. I think it'll be a <laughs> yeah, SummerSlam yeah. match against Theory. What do you reckon, Gia? We've got, we got no, a SummerSlam match for Cena? Again, this is this is Cena putting over a future guy. I think Theory getting a win over Cena would be a big push for him. Mm. It would. It would, it would, it would. Maybe good to see Cena. Like, I don't... Never hated Cena, even though I feel like I should have. Weird. You know what I mean? He's one of them, isn't it? Hmm. One of them. Right. What pay-per-view did you have, Gio? Talk to me. SummerSlam 2001. Loved it. I can hear the excitement. No, because the invasion <laughs> angle sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this. Yeah, look at this card. Ugh. I had a couple of like memorable ones, though. Like 2001, yeah? Yeah. Right, let's get started. Um, the, the pre-show itself. So the pre-show was Jack Lennon, Lita, and Molly Holly versus Ivory, Stacey Keebler, and Tori Wilson of the Alliance. Lasted two minutes, 55 seconds. And that's uh, time you'll never get back. Yeah, that's two <laughs> minutes of your life that you could be doing a lot of other stuff. <clears throat> I'm not going to add it and watch that because there was no way. I was wasting my time to go through Sunday night heats to find the goddamn match to watch two of it. Well, I can tell you, Lee, Molly. Uh, uh, apparently, so Lita got prevented. She pre- uh, Molly Holly replaced Lita, but Lita come down and did the twist of fate on Ivory, which gave Jacqueline the win. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Right. Anyway, it opened. Lance Storm was the Intercontinental Champion. I feel against Edge. Yes, he was. Um, solid earth gears, uh, guys. Um, yeah, Christian, I think it was the interference when, when he was trying to help Edge, wasn't it? Was it as Christian was turning? Yeah, and they were starting that. Him instead. Uh, yeah, he tried to come down, speared Edge instead, and uh, but Edge still got the win, which is amazing. Christian had the giant. Ugly looking King of the Ring trophy that thank God they never kept around. <laughs> yeah, do you remember that? But yeah, he tried and yeah, Edge did pick up the win to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Never a fan of Lance Storm, but he was a solid worker. I have to say, he's a solid worker. He's boring though. The Austin bit where he's just calling him boring like over and over. Still one of my most. Um, six man tag match: Dudley Boys and Test taking on APA and Spike Dudley. Just sounds like filler. I'm not gonna lie. You know I mean? Almost it was. Yeah, uh, Dudley Boys and Test pick. <laughs> uh, Cruiserweight title and 
light heavyweight title. X Puck, who was Make, the cruiserweight I, champion against okay. Tajiri. Because I got to lose, I got the X Pac Uncle Crackers entrance. <laughs> I got I, the X Factor the man. But I never understood X- this one because they're both WWF. Tajiri wasn't on the alliance, was he? No. Ninety percent of this card wasn't on the alliance. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, literally from all. So we've had a women's six-man tag, a singles match, another six-man tag. And the cruiserweight championship, and Keebler, Wilson, and Lance Storm are literally the only ones. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can count Lance Storm. He went in as champion. True. <laughs> True. Um, Jericho versus uh, Rhino with Stephanie in Rhino's corner. Uh, yeah, it was a decent feud, but more Jericho with Stephanie, to be fair, at that time. I, the Jericho stuff and the rock stuff when they used to mimic her, like mock her, was just gold. It's TikToks for days that's come out of that. I still watch them now mm. and laugh about calling her a slut and big boobies. It's amazing. Oh, dear Lord. You love it, Gio. Don't even lie. Uh, but real good match. Probably the best thing to come from this. Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy for the Hardcore Championship in a ladder match. Great match. What is that telling you right there? That the Hardcore title match was the best match. <laughs> yeah. It says a lot, does it? That is a fair point. That is a very fair point. But yeah, it's um, but it was a great match. Those two, I could watch all day, all day. Back in the day, obviously, I don't want to watch Jeff Hardy now. No disrespect, I'm done with it. Need to stop because it's you can't do it anymore. Like me trying to do it, can't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> the brothers of destruction, Kane and Taker who were the WCW Tag Team Champions, representing the WWF, took on DDP and Chris Canyon, who were the WWF Tag Team Champions, representing the Alliance. Ah, imagine! <laughs> um, in a steel cage match. Yeah, just nonsense. And Canyon run away, and it was just I, 10 minutes of watching DDP I, getting beat up. A bit of a randomness. Tag Team Steel Cage Matches never fucking makes sense to me unless it's pinfall only. Do you know why? Why would you leave your partner two-on-one? If you leave your partner behind on a two-on-one or you're, you you know, either way, you're fucked. Yeah. You, you, you're screwing. It's the stupidest thing ever. Like, I'm just going to leave my partner in there to get beat up two-on-one. I don't know why more people don't think like you, Gio. Because it's ridiculous. Like, oh, you know what we're going to do? Tag team steel cage. Why? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And it was just nonsense because it didn't help anyone. Like, it was just DDP getting beat up and it made Canyon look like a pussy. And you just... And these were the two that upset me the most because I was a big Canyon fan and a big DDP fan. Like, they were... I I enjoyed those two. They joined and just got buried. Like, for me, it just didn't work. Like maybe the DDP when he was trying to stop Christian throwing tantrums. That was quite fun. But like DDP and WCW was banging and Canyon was great. And just, yeah. Wait, and what was it? The point where Chris Canyon come out singing Boy George? Oh, oh. I think it's credit to Undertaker and DDP that they managed to do that whole weird stalker kidnapping storyline. And despite the fact that it was awful, them two yeah. were brilliant throughout. Yeah. Somebody found like the test footage of them doing the the voice. That's like, 
yeah, Undertaker, your hot wife. She's fucking hot, and I'm looking at her right now. <laughs> you did the voice, didn't you, Jim? <laughs> no, apparently the voice was just Vince McMahon going, oh, your wife's fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, somebody messed around with a voice thing, and they found out that it was him doing the voiceovers. Wow. So literally, it's just Vince McMahon's voice going, I'm staring at your wife. She's undressing right now. That's hot. Um, Kurt Angle versus Stone Cold for the WWF Championship. Um, and Angle just got screwed in it by Dodgy Ref. Didn't they disqualify him because someone like Austin hit a ref or something or stunned a ref? And then the new ref come down and wouldn't count and some nonsense, I think. Wasn't it this match? It's Big just... screwy alliance finish. But yeah, it was a shame. Kurt Angle was hot. But they, he won it in Pittsburgh at No Mercy, I want to say, didn't he? Yeah, he won it because 9-11, American hero. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Alliance Austin was funny, but he's not, it's just not Alliance, is he? Like, it's just, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then probably the only WWF Alliance match that I can say on this whole card, Rock versus Booker T. Because at the time, Booker T had just come over. This is the first time we'd seen him. With the WCW Championship. So, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it was good wrestling. Just didn't make any sense, did it? I mean, didn't make any sense of it. But I will say, in that Rock Booker T match, the clothesline from hell that Bradshaw gives Shane on the outside, still one of the greatest ever. If you <laughs> haven't seen it, go and see it because he's trying to run away from Farouk. He comes around the corner and Bradshaw just cleans him out. <laughs> he is gone. Oh, it's just brutal. The clothesline from hell may be my favorite finishing move ever because Bradshaw could just hit them every time. Bam. Every night. So come on, what would you give it out of 10, Gio? People want to know now. Ugh, that, <laughs> they, it, gets a, it gets like a six. A six? Savage. Savagery. Six. All right. You ready for your next one before we get to any other news? Let's go. Joe, what? We're going to mix it up a little bit. Oh, boy. I'm just, I'm going to pick. Oh. I've got one in my head. Survivor Series 2001. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've got one. It's a good one. Okay. Relax. I want you to watch Survivor Series 1998. The deadly tournament thing? Yes. Oh, God. Yes. I was thinking about it the other day because like, that was when Vince was just becoming like such an evil bastard. Um, well, yeah. bring up the tournament card here. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. So, well, it starts. Yeah, so there's, so basically there was a tournament match for the new title because of the, the previous pay-per-view was when Austin was the referee and counted both Kane and Taylor yeah. out, weren't it? That was before. So there was a yeah. tournament sent for... Survivor Series, the next pay-per-view to have the new WWE champion. Um, first tournament round match, Mankind versus Surprise Opponent. I'll wait for you to watch it to see who that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Al Snow versus Jeff Jarrett. Austin versus Big Boss Man. Uh, Steven Regal versus X-Pac. Ken Shamrock versus Goldust. And then Rock versus Triple H. But again, watch it. And then Undertaker 
versus Kane is what <clears throat> I think is the first round. No. No, they got they got passed. I think they were in the quarterfinals, those two, because that's the first quarterfinal match. Um there's a few other matches, Sable versus Jacqueline, when Mark Miro was just getting buried by fucking Sable. It was great. And there's a six-man tag for the Tag Team Championship, the New Age Outlaws, Dilo Brown and Mark Henry, and the Headbangers. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Because there's a lot happens in that that I think shapes... I think it's from this one where you could say full swing where like guys like Rock and Mankind and Taker and Austin were for Attitude Era. DX, you know what I mean? I think yeah. from this and Vince... You know, we've, you know, I think Shane was the referee of the women's match. So we started to show him. Like, it's a lot of stuff that from this, I think, sort of set the next two years up. They didn't really have to touch it. It could just be rinse and repeat, you know? But it's good. So there you go, G. I'll give you a good one. See, I look after you sometimes. <laughs> uh... Okay, right. Got little bits of news that people wanted to get opinions on. Uh, I don't think this one's going to take very long, so I'm going to ask it. Ric Flair's last match. Are you going to watch it? Nope. No. <laughs> there you go. Don't ask me stupid questions again. Um, <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt was one that's been brought up a couple of times to me. Um, obviously, the rumors of his return went so crazy, it actually boosted ticket sales in the last week of Hell in a Cell. Uh, do you think he will come back to WWE? I don't think he goes anywhere else. Okay. I don't think so. I'm not saying he will come back to WWE. I don't think he suits AEW because I think him going in and being the character that he is or can be ruins everything that they've let Alistair Black create for himself. Yeah, and Tony Khan's not big on that stuff anyway, is it? So like having one of them is enough. Yeah, AW tried to focus more on wrestling ability, and I'm not saying that um, Mr. Wyndham slash Wyatt is a bad wrestler. I just don't think he's at the level that they would want without the character work. And then mm-hmm. his character work, like I say, just deflects everything off of Alistair Black, and I think that is a big no-no for them. Impact is probably two years away from continuing the way that they're going, from being able to attract someone like a Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He, he's style completely the opposite to what I think would work in New Japan. Yeah. Which leaves us with then your NWAs, your Ring of Honors. Ring of Honor being affiliated with AEW means I don't think that'll go either. NWA, I don't think that they're big enough and can pay enough. Um, I don't think he goes to Mexico because I don't think his style suits there. The only real thing I can see is him doing bit part stuff with Control Your Own, Nobody's Watching. Um, so I, think, watching. I think WWE is the only place for him. I think it was interesting that he changed his name to Wyatt Six and then started talking coming soon, six days before the pay-per-view. Mm. I, that was obviously done as a tease for some reason. And I thought, I, I think, I didn't expect it, but I thought it would be a cool idea if they'd have had him come back and been involved in the cell match between Rollins and Cody. Because it had been like coming full circle from, for me, that was the point that killed The Fiend. Was yeah. that loss to, to, sorry, to Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. 
And since then, Seth Rollins has taken flight and hasn't missed. Like every shot he has taken since that match hasn't missed. Bray Wyatt's still unemployed. Yep. So I think it would have been good to come full circle. Um, but I think it's more a case of do WWE want him back? Or is he just going to sort of float around and just go about doing his movies that nobody seems to care about? Like, oh, he's doing a movie? Yeah, don't care. <laughs> All right, am I going to watch it? Probably. If it's free, right, I'll find a site to watch it. I'm not going to pay to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's if it's not WWE, it's nowhere. Is how I feel. Yeah, Gio. He's he's not coming back. Well, at all, you don't think? I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. He's built himself to something better. Has he? I think he has. Like genuine question: What? <laughs> What what has he, he done? Like horror movie wise, he could definitely be doing horror movies. Horror movies are <laughs> funny though. Horror movies are straight to DVD. Like, I. Whilst yes, I could see him in horror movies. I feel like one or two, and then you're like, oh, these are all the same. It just becomes Fast and Furious. Yeah. I I think he just comes back. I think he's realised that. Nothing else is working. Control your narrative. Sucks. AEW doesn't really fit. And Impact's just not good enough. He'll be wasted there. Oh, like Impact for me, he'll just have a little run a bit like Matt Hardy's like broken thing. But I don't think like that was like an end of Matt Hardy career good thing. Whereas Bray Wyatt isn't at the end of his career. Um it yeah, if he goes anywhere, he'll he'll go back. And that would be it. I think. Like Cesaro, obviously. And that was next on my list. Cesaro apparently. He's we'll see him on Friday. You think he comes Friday? Yep. He will be um, Max Dupree's maximum male model number one. Oh, God. Listen, I want I want Max Dupree to come and be my manager. Love Max Dupree. I love that guy. They can call him whatever they please. I hate people complaining. Give him three syllables. Doesn't matter. It works. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? As long as it's a name like that, Max Dupree, still works. He'll still make it work. Yeah. He could, three syllables, and that's it. Uh, but yes, I would agree with that. I think that would be great. Cesaro having a mouthpiece like him is good. Another back to Wyatt. Um, I find it interesting that for the first time since leaving, he also changed his name to Wyatt on Twitter. Yes. Wyatt Six. And his profile picture is a firefly. You know, I, I could be reading into that too much. Yeah, he's probably am. Been... But like, that's that's. Another reference to me that that's the only possibility. I mean, maybe he comes back at the Rumble? I think it would be before that. Yeah, I think he only has to. I don't I think it's too late. I think especially now, Cody out, sure, why not bring him back? The guy sells merch. Regardless of anything else, people buy that shit. You know? Fiend or Wyatt or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> I bought the sheep mask, for Christ's sake. Imagine this as a curveball. Mm. Wyatt is the maximum male model number one. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I want it to be so bad. Can you imagine? Everything he comes back as a model. Oh. Zaro and Wyatt as a tag team. <laughs> <laughs> Need another week off. 
I swear to God, I swear to God, if, 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 it's not going to be, but if he's maximum male model number one, we're doing the podcast on Saturday instead so that we can just capture the excitement. I mean, <laughs> you become the male model and still wear the fiend mask. Oh I don't my want to God. any of the fiend. If he come back, no, any of the fiend. No, I want him in a dead. suit. If you know? he's either in the suit, it, it, to be, realistically speaking, it's, the only way he can come back Bray is Wyatt with a fiend mask on Bray. and a suit. Can you imagine? No, maybe just a fiend mask and like a full suit. Can you imagine? No, sorry. I've got some weird heads. Um, yeah, <laughs> weird visions in my head. <laughs> oh, Lord. Rick Mortel mashup and I hate you guys. <laughs> yes, we have to make it. Have to make it. Oh, dear. Right. That's it for news. You guys got anything? We got any idiots? I think everyone's been quite well behaved. There's no obvious idiots. Um, Maybe just New Japan in general. Oh, no, no, I can't call that. <laughs> can I say that? No. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yes, we, actually. Not really an idiot, but we can talk about the Ibushi thing real quick. Cause I yeah. Posted about that, that they kind of made a punishment on him. Yeah, so what is the punishment? Because I don't. So there are three levels of punishment here. Yeah. So, it starts off with Kota Ibushi. He will be punishment level number one. Mm-hmm. So Kota Ibushi will take a 10% pay decrease for the next three months for a breach of contract. Level two of Kota Ibushi's punishment isn't for Kota Ibushi. It's for representative director Takami Obari, who will also receive a 10% pay reduction for the same period as a result of executive responsibility. Level three of Kota Ibushi's punishment plan is the official, who is a member of New Japan staff, an unnamed member as far as I've seen, who will also take a 10% reduction in pay for the three-month period, as well as a transfer to a different position within the company as a result of, result of inappropriate comments towards a wrestler representing a breach of duty. So Kota Ibushi's punishment has hit three people. They've all taken a 10%, well, an enforced 10% reduction for three months. And it forced some dude to have to switch jobs. Yeah. It's a mess. It's all so a mess. So Kota Ibushi's punishment for coming out and saying that, you know, people are getting groomed, people are being touched inappropriately, people are being forced to work injured against doctors judgment he's been punished he's been fined 10 percent of his wages for three months for coming out and saying that people are getting abused mm. whoever made that decision is my idiot of the week yeah like, okay yes he he was in, technically in breach of contract but he was injured yeah what the original thing was like yeah, yeah. bizarre bizarre yeah. I would give the L to New Japan there. I think that whole handling of it has just been a bit of a disaster. There's obviously some clear issues. I, and yeah, this punishment just is weird. It's just weird. Yeah. Take that L, New Japan, and uh, hopefully it gets all sorted soon. But who knows what happens next? God. Crazy. Right. That's it. Hopefully. Don't get injured this week, boys. Because there's a lot out. Like, Orton's out and, you know, you know, Rhodes is out, Omega's out, Punk is out, Dedrison's out, Cole is out, Naomi and Sasha gone missing. 
I mean, there's a lot of star power just on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So time for someone to step up. Riddle obviously challenging Reigns, which I'm guessing will happen. And I'm all for it. And the Miz has got average balls. So what a week. (laughs) Do you know what, though? People could say what they're like. Miz has got his own TV show. He's like multiple champ. Wife is just fucking stunning. Like, untouchable, really, Miz. There's no L in that man's life, is there? No. You know, there's no loss. Makes me sick. Right, Gio, Damo, see you both next week. Yeah.